0: You're listening to the Pimp Cron Podcast. Hey everybody, it's episode 252 of the Pimp Cron Warhammer Podcast, and we're brought to you today by gamemat.eu for pre-painted resin terrain and neoprene mats and STL files, as well as panhandle3d.etsy.com for 3D-printed terrain and custom dice tumblers and trays and and all of that. So um, check them out as well. 15% off is PH3D15 off is uh, 15% off for panhandle3d.etsy.com. And of course, we've got event10 for 10% off at gamemat.eu. And thank you for my beautiful, sexy, good smell on Patreon patrons. I love you all. Thank you so much for supporting the show. And if you guys want to help support the show, it's patreon.com slash pimpcron. Forgot my name there for a minute. And <laughs> it's not poopcron. It's kind of what I just said, but it's pimp crying. And uh, what do we got going on today? Well, we have an email from Chadrick and he's wondering what he can do about his Warhammer hoarding essentially. Then we also have the new Barb Gaunts Barbagaunts I forget what they're called, but the Tyranid models do we want that? Do we want that? Not in the want that or want that? Not then we have possibly my most controversial take in wargaming. I honestly do. This is not hyperbole. I think some of you really will not agree with me on this, and some of you will agree with me. I really do feel like uh, this will probably, I think some of you are going to take it the wrong way, and I, I hope to explain it the best I can in that segment, but we'll see. And you can feel free to email me or whatever. Let me know what you feel about my newest take on who I play and what types of players I'm willing to engage with. What's been going on? Well, I am in the process of writing an article for Wargames Illustrated. And uh, so I'm doing that. And whether or not they'll accept it, I don't know. I've been in talks with them and all that. So I think they have like a submission process and then you have to get it like approved. And then it'll probably be six months before it's out. So I'm writing that right now. I'm also working on the settlement mode. That is nearly done. It is very, very, I'm actually, it pretty much is done. I'm in the formatting process. Uh, portion of that and the playtesting portion of that that's really exciting i've got a brutal space review coming out from a uh, youtube creator on youtube this week and that's pretty cool and um what else oh one of the listeners of the show aaron he's written in before we've spoken on messenger and all of that he has put on the robes of brutality ambassador and he has been uh, but showing his friends brutality he's been showing his family brutality he's gotten a bunch of people into brutality and he's actually going to be hosting an event um, I believe at his local game store and um, he lives uh, I don't know what state he lives in but he lives far away from me and um, he's invited 45 people to this brutality um, basically meet and play learn to play sort of event and that is fantastic I, I'm just blown away by that and uh, last month, we had a guy in, um, unfortunately, I can't recall what country, but anyway, his name is Mario, and he ran a um, Brutality demo session with um, probably about 12 people ended up stopping and playing Brutality at this like comic book convention that he had. So that was really cool. And uh, so it's, it's really exciting that people are becoming ambassadors for Brutality and all that. that. That just really blows me away super super excited about it and uh, we've had more interest recently in the local area also with brutality and playing that and like i said i may end up making a separate club just for brutality because we're getting more and more local people and that is about it but you know i do have to thank Aaron. if you're listening to this Aaron, thank you very much for spreading the word about brutality i mean that is I was telling him that it's way better than any advertisement you could ever pay for, is for someone to go, Hey, I think this game is neat. Do you wanna try it? And that's gonna be way more likely to spread the word and um and support the the game. So very, very thankful for anybody who's willing to do that. Uh there's another guy that's a devotee of brutality named Seth, and he's on Facebook occasionally. But uh he plays brutality daily on his lunch break. Uh he said the local uh gaming stores like half a block from where he works. So he'll go there and play uh, small games at the game store and show people brutality. And then he also has um, separate campaigns with his kids, separate campaigns ongoing with his wife and separate campaigns ongoing with his, um, the people at the game store. And I'm like, wow, you are a busy man. But um, it really is the support of people like Aaron and Seth and Mario and everybody that it's, It's just awesome. I I really do appreciate that, especially as a small independent creator that you could get the word out like that. So that is really heartwarming. And that is basically what's been going on in my world uh, besides work and all that stuff. So when I'm done recording this today, I'm probably going to play another campaign game of brutality with my kids. We're doing the whole settlement mode thing. We've built an entire town. I'm not lying to you. We have three or oh, God, no, we have a farmer. We have a chemist, we have an inventor, we have a healer, we have a teacher. I think that's it. So we've got 5 NPCs. We've had to build homes for them and we've got a turret and a tower and another tower and a wall. We're starting to build a wall with a gate and um it's just been awesome. It's been really really cool. We've got a town well. We've just this has like legitimately become like a little burg, like a little city and it's it's just awesome. And actually the kids enjoy Brutality, um, some more than others. My two youngers really like Brutality. My two olders are okay with it. But they all enjoy deciding how the town is going to be expanded and developed and what new town features we're going to build and all of that. It's been really, really fun. So and we also have a rival boss who's an orc war boss that uh, we defeated once and now he's mad. So I'm waiting at some random point in the future. He's going to come calling at our settlement again. And the way the rivalry works is that every time he's been leveling up himself the whole time that he's not been fighting you and he gets stronger and better every time. So that's pretty exciting. At the club this week, I played Age of Sigmar. I tried my character on Overlords versus David's uh, Gloomspite Gets. And I was rolling so bad. I'm not lying to you. So bad. I, I should have. I ran into this. These um squig hoppers or whatever. And I had nine endrin riggers. If you know what they are. Two attacks. Threes and twos. Minus two D3 damage. Something like that. And I mean I should have smacked him in the face. With those. That's what? 18 attacks. 18 attacks and they're all D3 damage. I mean, I should have wailed on him and I killed one squig hopper like no lie. That was we bounced completely off of him. Um, So I actually want to have a rematch with him because I was rolling so absurdly bad that um, like I would I would shoot with the whole unit and maybe do two wounds. I'm talking at one point I did uh, seven three ups and I made two of them. That means I rolled five ones and twos. That's that's pretty bad. But anyway, I was pretty frustrated. Not really with the game. Like I wasn't upset with David. I think everything he brought was fine and whatnot. But when you just roll crap and you just roll and roll and roll. And I never made a D3 of anything more than one. Every single D3 was one damage. And it was just it was just nuts. Um, First, like two or three turns. I didn't get any of my heroic actions. You know, on a four up, you get an extra command point. I didn't get any of that it was just rough and by the end of the game i was winning it first and then slowly i lost and it's because uh, he had way more models on the field at the very end i had um uh i had one model left my ironclad and that was it and he had like five or six models still on the field uh, units still on the field so he was obviously able to hold objectives it wasn't a bad game it was just oh my god my dice rolls so i would like to um I would like to take the same lists and actually have a rematch with them because I feel like I would probably do a lot better. Then Just James came over and uh, we played 10th edition, uh, 40k. I was my Harlequins for the first time, never tried them. I don't think I ever played a game with them or maybe one game in 9th edition with them. They're not finished painted, so I don't like playing unpainted models. But uh, Harlequins, I played with them and my my Harlequins are pure Harlequins. There's no you know, like, um, uh, Farseer or anybody like, no, no, it's just pure Harlequins. And unfortunately I feel like pure Harlequins is kind of crappy. He played his orcs and, um, once again, we were neck and neck with points, but obviously I had far fewer models than he did. I just couldn't, I just couldn't do anything. And a lot of their stuff is, um, strength three or strength four. And, um, his stuff is all toughness four or five. He had guys that were tough seven and a character that was tough 10 on the dinosaur, I'm like, holy crap. I was wounding most people on sixes. And uh, it was just, it was was pretty rough. Um, Wasn't a bad game per se, but I once again, in both these games this week, I was facing essentially hordes with an elite army. So of course that puts you at a disadvantage to begin with. In the Caradron Overlords game, I rolled terrible. And this one, I didn't really roll bad. It's just that it seemed like a bad matchup, honestly. so and a lot of the Harlequin stuff is just seems kind of underpowered, um, like the specialists, like the Harlequins, kiss and caress, and all those um special weapons. They used to be two damage, now they're only one damage. So they're minus one one damage. Okay, it's strength four, la di da. Like it's really not that great. So I was not really that thrilled with Harlequins. Now I still love the models, and I love my paint job for them. So it's not like I'm gonna sell that army or anything. I just was like, eh, this seems kind of lame. But anyway, let's get on with the rest of the show. Let's open the Tesseract mailbox. For the Tesseract mailbox today, we have an email at PimpCron at gmail.com from Chadrick. He writes, PimpCron, this is Chadrick. And number one, I've never heard that name. I've heard of Chad, I've heard of Rick, I've heard of, like, Roderick." But never a Tadric have I met. So let's continue with his email. When is enough enough? I just started my 8th army recently when a friend of mine was getting rid of his Death Guard. I had always had a passing interest in DG, so I took him up on the offer at probably 50% off retail. Problem is, I'm running out of room. My closet is full of Warhammer. My free space in my garage is full of Warhammer. Maybe only 10% of the overall garage space, but it's still a lot. And at least one army is now taking up space in the floor of my garage. I can still get my car in, but it's tight. You've mentioned before how you have many armies. How do you deal with space issues? I just don't think I can get any more armies. What, do I just leave them sitting around my living room? Nah, that's the line. I find this hobby to be addictive, and especially when deals are involved. At least three of my armies have been from friends at a significant discount. Unlike many people, I don't actually have a pile of shame, unassembled in the box, etc. I build my stuff immediately, so that's not the problem. Just interested to hear your thoughts on this. Oh, most metal of all robotic skeletons, Chadrick. Well thank you for writing in, Chadrick. You know, obviously this the true answer to this is everyone's got their own enough is enough point, right? So obviously I did not stop at eight. I think I've got like 25 armies at this juncture. So but eight is a lot, okay? I'm not I'm not putting down how much you have. Eight armies is a lot, being that most people have one or two, maybe three, but eight is a lot. And I don't know whether they're over 40. Well, at least one of these is 40K. I don't know if you play Age of Sigmar or not, but that's also a slippery slope. So if you're not already in Age of Sigmar, then I would say just stay away from it. Because if you are like me, which it sounds like you are, you say this hobby can be addictive, then I would say just stay out of Age of Sigmar because they've got all sorts of awesome model lines and armies and all that. And it's just it's just too much at some point. Then you're going to be straddling your time between two different games, et cetera, et cetera. So how do I deal with uh, space issues? I have built a um, storage shed that I legitimately have a storage shed for all my Warhammer stuff and all that. So that is how I've dealt with it. Uh, Just James lives in an apartment, so he is also short on space. So he's actually rented a storage unit, a climate controlled storage unit. So he uh, he's got his problem solved, I suppose, although that's an extra cost. You got to pay rent on that, et cetera, et cetera. So, like I said, it all comes down to your lifestyle. If you've got some giant warehouse that you can warehouse all the stuff then you could buy one of every army and it wouldn't be an issue. If you live alone and you've got extra bedrooms, you could do whatever, but at some point it does actually wander into the hoarding territory, and I myself have been cleaning house. I'm trying to sell stuff. If I've had something in the box for more than a year, it's still shrink-wrapped, I'm just going to sell it because I just don't need it, right, clearly. If I wasn't excited about it in the last year after buying it, then I'm not going to be excited about it in the next year, probably. Now of course I have personally had um regrets with selling stuff in the past. I have, and so is James. But as long as you can keep everything nice and tidy and it's not cluttering up your whole house or your whole garage and you can still park your car in and you did not mention anything about financial problems due to Warhammer. Then honestly, if you've got a hobby and you've got the space for it, which is a little questionable in your case, and you've got the money for it, then it's not exactly hurting anything to be sitting on a shelf. The problem is is uh like at least for me with so many armies is that I've stopped buying codexes because i now that they're in the two year cycle for codexes, I just get like to play my army two to four times in that time with a fifty dollar sixty dollar codex well i'm just I'm just not investing in that anymore they they have a two quickly of a um, a cycle for brand new codexes and codex updates and all that, that I'm just, that's where I'm drawing the line for me. Matter of fact, I've noticed a lot of my Warhammer spending in the last year has been cut down pretty drastically. I have all my armies. They're all pretty well fleshed out. I don't really need anything else. Matter of fact, I've been th- thinning down my armies. If you're a regular listener, which it sounds like you may be, that you would know that I'm trying to streamline all my armies and cut them down None of them need to be a Swiss Army knife. Make, each, make sure each one of them is the models that you love to play with and the play style that you like to play with. And if you're not a tournament person, then who cares? You just enjoy what you enjoy. And that would be my suggestion. So first and foremost is financial. If it's not a financial issue, then that's not as concerning. And then as long as it's not impairing your life in any way, then it's hard to argue against it, you know, keeping a few extra armies. Now that may not be the best advice in the world, but it's it's just a a reasonable uh set of advice I think. But even at 8 armies you're going to struggle uh what 48 6. So you're going to in a perfect world if you play every week, you're only going to play each army 6 times in a year at eight, at 8 armies. Um so and that's that's if you play every week. So just keep thinking about that as far as stuff just sitting on the shelf collecting dust. You're getting less and less unit use out of every army because you have so many, so I don't know. I mean, I could only play each one of mine for uh twice a year, and just James is even worse than that. I think he's got twenty seven twenty eight armies something like that, so and he's also feeling the weight of that as well. he's getting really frustrated, and he keeps saying although i I don't believe he'll ever do it unlike me, I will sell armies, but um I don't think he'll do it, but he keeps saying, "I need to sell this stuff, I need to sell this stuff, and then doesn't so we'll see how that goes but anyway so it really is entirely up to you and your lifestyle unfortunately that is the best answer i can give you and it's probably not what you were listening for but that's unfortunate um you do you chadrick and thank you for writing in want that or want that not For this week's Want That or Want That Not, we're discussing the new Barb Gaunts for Tyranids. So these things are essentially slightly beefier. They look like they're on 32 mil bases. Uh, They might be 40s. It's really hard to tell for me. Um, You know what? I forgot that there's actually a description here. Uh, The product information is on 40 mils. Okay. They're 40 mil bases. So they are like the size of an old BioVore, it appears. but it is essentially like an old biovore had one of its hands turned into a big gun and it's holding it in the most awkward way possible it looks like any other tyranid i mean it's got the the chitinous back it's got like the smokestacks on its on its back it's got the plates on its head it's got the hooves. It's got like the tiny little um, pincer talons on the side. It's got its mouth open with the tongue. It's got a tail. It's on three of its legs. I mean, yada, yada, right? You've seen it before. This is a you would look at this and you'd be like, oh, it's a tyranid. Yeah, it's 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 definitely a tyrannid. That's correct. But. It's stupid. <laughs> and the reason why I call it stupid is because it's forty five dollars for five of these things. I guess that's okay. I don't think it's great. There are two wounds. There are four up save. I don't know. I'm not really impressed by these things. But my problem with it, my real problem, and this is going to sound petty, but they look stupid. And the reason why they look stupid is because they're asymmetrical. If you look at any creature that we know of that exists in real life, and if you look at every Tyranid they already have, they are symmetrical. If they've got clawed hands, they've got two clawed hands or four clawed hands or scything talons or, or whatever. Everything is symmetrical. Now, I suppose the only time it's not symmetrical is like a heavy venom cannon, right? But it is somewhat symmetrical in the way that one gun, one arm is the gun and the other arm usually is connected to like a big bag of like ammunition and a hose that goes to the other one. So while one of the guns, one of the hands is a gun, it's not a lopsided profile because they're holding a gun and they're also tied from the other side with a uh, tube. That to me is passable because the gun is kind of in the center of the model. If you look at the old BioVores, the gun is in the center of the model. Exocrine, gun is in the center of the model. Not a big deal at all. These things just look stupid the gun looks like it would be making them like fall over to the side, fall over to their left, and it's just... I mean, I don't even know how it aims it. I know a lot of their stuff is like, um, you know, like, uh, seeds. They, you know, they're like, um, I can't even think of, like, a h- flesh bore hive or whatever. It's hives of symbiotic things. And maybe that's what this thing shoots. But it's, uh, jagged chitinous fragments. Like... Okay, I I just don't, I don't like this. I don't think it's clever. I don't think I like the asymmetry to it. And the arm is in like a super awkward freaking, so imagine if you were bent over, like touch your chin to your chest. That's the way this thing's head is. You're looking downward, right? But then you've got like a bazooka and you've got two arms on your left-hand side, and both of them are holding up the bazooka, but the bazooka is aimed upward, like you're going to arc the shot. But you are looking downward, and you have this giant, heavy-looking bazooka on just one side of you, but no part of your body or the model looks as if it's struggling against this weight or struggling to counteract that balance or, or literally anything. It just looks like, They took a Tyranid model and they poorly kitbashed it. That's really what it looks like. It really should have been symmetrical or it should have had two arms connected to make a gun like they normally do or something of that nature. I don't like the design of this whatsoever. I just don't think it looks good. The body itself is generically Tyranid. Yep, that's a Tyranid. Sure it is, you know, but then the gun is so darn big. It's like. Almost the size of the torso for this monster. So the gun appears like it would be heavy, but it's not struggling at all, and it's looking down. It's not even looking where it's aiming. It might have some ability where it doesn't have to look, but the whole thing just leaves way more questions than answers. It just, it's not, not appealing at all. Some of these Tyranid models are absolutely fantastic but I really think the barb gaunts are pretty lame. That is absolutely a want that not for me. I don't care if they're good. I looked at their stats ahead of this. I don't really see that they're super good. They're D6 plus, uh, well, the D6 blast shots. They're like strength five, uh, weapon skill, I mean, ballistic skill four up. There might've been an AP, I don't know, but it's one damage. I'm like, sure, whatever. I'm really not impressed. I'm just not impressed by the stats. I'm not impressed by the model. Just looking at this model, I don't care if it was good. I'm not buying it. It looks stupid. If it had one on either side, okay, cool. That's a barrage. If it had one coming out of its head, okay, cool, whatever. But just carrying a giant bazooka on one side of your body is just stupid. Sorry. Absolutely, I want that not for me. Now it's time for Real Talk with Pimp Of course, it's real talk with the Pimp Cron, and today I may have one of my most controversial takes I've ever had in any of my articles or my podcast or anything like that. Of course, I'd like your guys' feedback to tell me how you feel about it, and I imagine this is going to have people pretty darn split between the more competitive people and the more casual people. Essentially, over the years, I have, just like all of us, I've had to play many, many different types of people. I've had fun with probably 80% of them. I would regularly say that 80% of the people that I have ever played in Warhammer have been great. And some of them were more competitive than me, some of them were less competitive than me, or, you know, different skill levels. I was better, they were better, whatever. But that's not a problem at all. What really comes down to it is the players that that 20% that I don't like playing that have a highly tooled up list. Everything is a tournament game, even when it's not a tournament game. You're just playing a pickup game at the club. And, of course, I should preface it with saying our club is much more intimate than a lot of other people's clubs, like near cities and things, because uh, you really are you are really forced to treat it more like a tournament game at a club where you don't know who you're playing. Right, because you have to bring your best game Because they may be bringing their best game, and if you accidentally crush them, you know, you feel bad for that, but you're expected to have a certain level of competitiveness. Whereas it's really hard to gauge what a casual game is, everybody has a different opinion. The hyper competitive people are like, oh, this is just a fun game, and I brought my 17 whatevers that are, you know, highly overpowered and overtold. So over the years, I've gotten a little sick of those 20% of the people and to the point where I mean I'm I'm getting old enough in my life and I'm mature enough in the hobby that I've slowly just started to turn down games against that type of person now we've got at least two people in our club now that are like that um we've got some new players and you don't know how they'll turn out we try to um give them a nurturing nar- you know, narrative casual environment and that's how they'll be brought but some people are just naturally competitive and there's nothing wrong with being competitive the issue comes when your opponent is making it clear that they're not competitive and then you're going to bring the nastiest cheesiest highest told list possible and then you're going to take it super serious like it's a tournament it's just that's what we're talking about here today and essentially what my take is is the the conclusion that i've came to is that I'm just not going to play those people. There's two people in our club currently that are very competitive. And they're not bad people. I'm not saying that in any way. But they don't know how to turn down their list. We've got one guy that tables everybody by the bottom of turn two. And he comes every week and he just tables people bottom of turn two. And then the next week he brings the same list and tables someone bottom of turn two. And I'm like, dude, for real. Like, obviously the people you're playing are not on the same competitive level nice guy not a problem at all talking to or whatever you know um amicable and all that but no one has fun playing him and there's there's actually two people that way there's two people that everybody plays hot potato or musical chairs in playing them each week and honestly i'm at the point in in my life that my time is very important to me and it's slowly gotten to the point where i'm like you know what you two competitive people you can play each other because I'm not playing. And if I do have to play you, I know you're incapable or unwilling to tone down your list. I'm just going to say good game, shake your hand and say you won because that's what's going to happen. And it's not going to be fun. It's going to be just anus tearing two, three hours, and I'm going to get two full turns in and smashed off the board. Now, I know a lot of you are probably laughing. A lot of you are probably saying, oh, that's, That's childish, Pimkron. Oh, that's that's ridiculous. As long as they're playing the rules of the game, then everything they're doing is legal, and you should accept it because that's the rules of the game, and if you don't like the rules of the game, you shouldn't play the game. And honestly, that's why I'm a little on the fence about it, because all of those arguments do have merit. I understand that as long as the person's not openly cheating or intentionally cheating or whatever, as long as he's following the rules, he's playing legally. But legally does not mean fun. And I'm sure that I'm no fun to play for them either. Because those people want a serious challenge. And I just don't have the time or the umph to even know my codex, for crying out loud. I have, I have felt myself over time, last couple of years, especially 9th edition, I have slipped further and further into just casual, just want to throw some dice, hang out, have fun. Maybe play a narrative game or take a list I've never had before or just whatever with no concept of what is competitive or the meta or, oh, this has a 60-70% win rate this army does. I don't give a shit what the win rate of any of my armies are. I could not care less. So I know some of you fall into this category. I know a lot of you got out of it in 9th edition. I've had many emails from you guys or correspondence through Messenger about how you've gotten out of 9th edition because it was so competitive, blah, blah, blah. I feel like 10th edition is in a nice place, personally. I like 10th edition. I like that you can bring narrative stuff, and I like that um, there's no Force Org, but it inherently kind of supports a Force Org, because you want to take the objective count things. You want to take the anti-monster vehicle. You want to take the uh, characters. You know, it... It's a lot of the secondaries require mobility, so you want those jet bikes or those bikers or jump troops or whatever. So, I really like 10th edition, I really do, but it really does nothing to stem the tide of competitive gamers. And you know, they definitely have their place, but the place, if they're not willing to meet me halfway, you know, I can try a little harder and they can tone it down a little bit. We'll meet halfway, that's fine because I love tactics. But list building bores the crap out of me. And I just don't care. I throw stuff together and then see how it works on the battlefield. I'm I, i I'm not formulating a tournament list. I'm not any of this. None of it means anything to me except having fun. Hopefully have a close game. See how your list versus my list plays out with the, the roles we get and the stratagems we use and the tactics we use. You know, that is the fun for me and hanging out with a bunch of my friends. So when it comes to some of the competitive people in our group, I've just lately been saying, nah, I don't really feel like a competitive game. And that might be selfish, but is it not equally as selfish as them re- reaming me in the butthole with their list for two turns and then, oh, sorry, you're tabled. I hope you had fun. No, that that's just that is literally just as selfish. So If someone insists on playing their way, which is the super competitive way, and remember, I'm talking about probably 20% of the population here, not the majority. The majority of people are on the rest of that spectrum, and I can deal with those people. I I can try a little harder. I can try to make a better list. They can tone it down a little. We meet halfway. If I'm playing someone that's younger or less experienced or even more casual than me, then I even tone my list down further. You know what I mean? That's what player interaction is. It's every time you play a game against someone else face-to-face, you're forming a bond and relationship with them, and it should be amicable. You should meet on even ground. But if people are unwilling or incapable of changing their list to tone it down at all, then that's selfish. And if I'm not willing to play that, I don't want to play against that. It's no fun for me then I'm just going to say I'm not playing you. And is that selfish? Absolutely. Because why should my enjoyment trump theirs? But then again, I would say the same thing for them. Why should their enjoy- enjoyment trump mine? It should be a partnership, okay? This is, this, is not, this is not an assault, okay? This is a partnership for the next couple hours while we spend time together. So I know it is probably controversial, probably the most controversial thing that I've ever said on this podcast is that I'm just going to be choosier about who I play. If I see them bringing something that I think is super cheese or I heard it's the the uber meta or whatever, I'll be like, man, I'm sorry, I, I really don't want to play against that. And then then what now? They can either find an opponent and I find an opponent or I'm not lying to you. I'm to the point in my life where my time is important enough to me. I will literally just sit out of game night. I'll I'll just be like, oh, there's no other opponent and I have to play you. Nope, not doing that. If we can't come to an agreement somewhere in the middle, then no, I'm not playing. And that to me sounds like a real asshole thing to say. But honestly, it's no different from what they've already been doing this whole time. So I would love to hear what you guys actually think about this. Am I in the wrong for refusing to play people that I know are serious hardcore people that can't or won't turn it down, tone it down? Or are they the jerk for being that way? Whether they know it or not, I'm sure there's no, um, no evil intent behind any of this, right? There's no malcontent. They're not trying to be jerks. They just don't know how or they're not willing to tone it down. And that's just... And honestly, if you want my opinion on competitive players, and I'm talking about the top 20%, if you're in a tournament, that's totally fine, go balls to the wall, whatever, okay, I get that. But in casual games, I feel like very competitive people are in a position where they are actually building their list and the power level of their force out of fear. And that sounds so weird, right? That sounds like a total overstatement that somebody would be having fear in a tabletop game. But if you think about it, they're terrified that they're going to be ill-equipped for what you're bringing. They're terrified that you are just going to stomp them. Now, trust me, the irony is not lost on me that then they will proceed to stomp you. I, I, I totally get the irony there, but it's true. They're, like, so terrified to tone down their list because I think subconsciously they're like, oh, man, what if I tone down my list and then I get crushed? You know, that's that's the way it is. And and it could be manipulation on someone's part. If you're playing someone and you don't know who they are and come to find out they are a real tryhard and they made you tone down your list and then you get stomped because they did not tone down their list, that's kind of like a 4D chess move. That's That's some serious manipulation there. But how often does that happen? Probably almost never. I mean, I've ran into probably one or two people in the last 14 years of playing Warhammer that were actually like that, where they would actually manipulate you trying to get you to tone down your list just so they had the edge. And talk about living in fear, that person is not only going to take the nastiest list they can and they're not going to tone it down out of fear, but then they're trying to sabotage you because they're afraid of losing. Holy crap, dude. You need more going on in your life if you're like that. Truly, you do. So in conclusion, from now on, I've made the decision that anybody I play against, if if I know how they normally are, like I said, 80% of our group is totally fine. I have no issues. You know, we can kind of meet halfway. I know people are a little more competitive, a little more casual, whatever. But those couple people, I'm just not, I am either not going to play you. Or we're going to change up the format, okay? We're going to do my pick two idea that me and James like to do where you make like three 800 point lists and then your opponent picks one of those lists they don't want to play against and you play with the other two and they do the same thing for you. Or play Highlander. I swear Highlander is one of the best formats and it's because it limits spam. It limits cheese. It's just one of those things. I love, love Highlander format. So if those next time I have to play one of those people, I have to follow my sword that week, which everyone takes turns having to bite the bullet and play one of these players. I mean, it's, it's literally that bad that I'm going to be like, OK, listen, we're not playing tournament roles. The only way I'm going to play you is if we do pick two, we do Highlander, we do something else and we talk about it. And one of the things that people always forget about is that terrain placement is a huge deal. James just got smashed this past week and I walked over there before they were going to play. And I'm like, hmm, looking at the two forces, I said, "Okay, James, I bet you one dollar you're going to be tabled by the end of turn two. And I said it out loud because I'm trying to, I guess, bully. I'm trying to to signal to the other person that, like, listen, I'm a I'm a uh, nonpartisan person here. And I can see that this game is not going to go well for James. James just threw together a fun list and then he was kind of forced to play one of the competitors. Well, that's just the way it goes. And guess what? By the top of turn three, James had like two models on the board. So he technically was not tabled by the end of turn two, but he was down to two models and the other guy had at least half his army. I mean, it was they were done in like 40 minutes or something. It was it was disgusting. And so James just kind of the guy left and James just got to wander around for like two and a half hours watching other people play Warhammer because he had already been tabled. Like that's that is freaking no fun, no fun at all for James. And I've been in that scenario many times. But uh, the terrain placement, um, the guy insisted they do tournament packet terrain placement. So they they did it the way GW says to and it was not nearly enough cover for James's army. And uh, of course he just got shot off the board and that was a total waste of James's night. And I've come to the conclusion that I am not wasting my night anymore like that. Nope. I'm we are either going to meet in the middle or I'm not playing you at all. And y'all just shake your hand, say good game and you can head home or find another opponent because my time is too valuable. And I'm, I'm rather sick of it to be honest with you. So nothing against those two people. They're good players, obviously. They can make lists well, obviously. I'm sure they do great in tournaments, but they are zero fun to play in a casual setting. Now, I've talked to Leroy Jenkins about this a lot, and, uh, you know, like when he plays his friends, he tones it tones it down, and he can play casually, right? Brings fun lists, whatever, but when he plays in a tournament, remember, he won one of the uh, Highlander tournaments Um, out of 64 people. He was the champion. Uh, he is going to go... Balls to the wall in a tournament, which I totally get it. Do you know how many times I've been stomped in tournaments by competitive lists? And I can't even get mad. I signed up for a tournament. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So you can't even get mad at that if you're in a tournament. But fun games, that's that's my new rule. So let me know what you think about it at pempcron at gmail.com or facebook.com slash pempcron. And uh I will see you guys next week. Thank you to gamemat.eu. And panhandle3d.etsy.com and beautiful, sexy, good smell, and Patreon patrons. We'll see you next week.